0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's
1: going very well,
0: Graham. We're back, baby. Back for a new year. Our third year of Atlanta Zone, or maybe Dude. our fourth year. We third started in 2017.
1: Calendar year? Yes. 2017 we started?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So this is our fourth, we're beginning our fourth year. Flying by, Junior. Yep. Yeah. Flying by. Time flies when you're an Atlanta sports fan.
1: Yes, it does. You
0: have so much fun.
1: we got a lot to catch up on. We
0: do. We haven't had a show in, what, three weeks?
1: Um, I feel motivated again, though. I feel yeah. refreshed. Uh, we had one of the best sports weekends
0: pretty much all year. And one of the, I would wager this is like a top 15 sports weekend in the history of Atlanta sports. And the sad part about that is is that an Atlanta professional sports team didn't even play a meaningful game during this weekend.
1: Right. But, you know, I mean, when you're a loser, Graham, you want to pull people down with you.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly what happened yeah, on so. Saturday and Sunday. Patriots lose, which was immensely satisfying to behold. Um and the, thing, the weird thing about the Patriots, though, is, is that like, I don't hate them as much as I hate the Falcons for losing that game, but it's still, they still beat you in the Super Bowl, so you still have to have some sort of animosity towards them. But the Saints, for the second time in three years, lose to the Vikings on the last play of a game, of a playoff game, well, three to years, be eliminated.
1: Three years in a row they've lost on the last play of the game. Now. Yes,
0: but two it's of those three were the Vikings, which right. is even funnier, yeah. considering that no one gave the Vikings a chance going into that game. And they, hang, they hung tough with them the entire game, took them to overtime, and once they, got the, um, once they won the coin toss, I sort of just had this feeling where I was like, okay, I think they're going to do it. I think the Vikings are going to take them out.
1: It's even funnier because they're losing to like loser quarterbacks, too. It's uh, Case Keenum one year, and then Jared Goff, and now uh, Kurt, uh Cousins. Oh, Goff wasn't a loser last year. Goff's, but we, ne- we see now Goff's a loser.
0: Perhaps. He was yeah. a loser this year, certainly. Did you see
1: Goff in the Super Bowl? Loser. That was the same year. Okay,
0: fair enough. Yeah. Um, But he had a great season that year.
1: Point is, they're not losing to Tom Brady. Right, or Aaron Rodgers. Or Drew Brees. (laughs) Or
0: or, uh, Matt Ryan.
1: Yeah. And Drew Drew Brees. I mean, I feel like if they kept Taysom Hill in there longer, like more plays for Taysom Hill, they, they could probably win. But
0: uh, we'll never know, and I'm happy we'll never know. Yep,
1: it's not not our uh, team to discuss
0: either. Yeah, and they lose in the and they lose at home. It's not like they had to go to Minnesota. They lose in the Superdome, which is one of the hardest places to play in the NFL. For and sure, and they're in that game because we beat them because the Falcons beat them. Yes, that that really did put uh, a stick in their craw, as it were. Yep. And before we segue into actually talking about Atlanta professional sports, let us be the last to wish you all a happy new year. I really really don't think anyone's picking up on that joke, but maybe. Well, maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Um, we got a lot to unpack here, Adam. Since we were last on the air, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov were not sent packing. They were rehired. They have three years left on their contract. And in a season in which, um, I don't know... The Falcons spent two first-round picks on offensive line and invested $38 million in the offensive line to protect their $150 million quarterback. We gave up 50 sacks, which was tied for fifth most in the league. And we decided to bring everybody back. It's fine. Status quo. Everything's all good. But, you know, we could still gave up 50 sacks and blew $38 million. And two first round picks. Not to say that those first round picks are finished products by any stretch of the imagination. And, and, and they,
1: they, they, did, they did show promise at the end of the year. They
0: did. And they both dealt with health issues. But the point being is you did that and you spent $38 million and you, um, you know, Thomas Mitroff gets to keep his job. And Dan Quinn gets to keep his job and he has a huge hand in the personnel. And I'm not done yet. And we only registered 29, total, or excuse me, 28 total sacks, which was 29th worst in the NFL. But, yeah, let's bring everybody back. Everything's everything's great. Status quo fits perfectly. And, um, you know, we also had one of the worst run defenses in the league – or, excuse me, run offenses in the league. And only three times in the history of Dirk Cutter's career as an offensive coordinator has he finished top 10 in rushing offense. Most of the time he's finishing 28th, 29th, 30th, 25th, whatever, you know, at the bottom of the barrel, and this season was no exception as we finished um, – I believe, like, 28th or 29th in uh, overall rush defense this, year, uh, rush offense this year. It was a terrible—when you look at it as a cohesive whole, which as a season should be evaluated, this was a piece of shit season. And it's amazing that we got seven wins. And in, in, in more ways than words, it's amazing that we got seven wins with those shitty stats, and it's amazing that we only won seven games with the amount of talent that is on this team. It's pathetic in all respects.
1: Done now? Yeah, I'm done.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's very. I'd say eighty percent of Falcons fans were expecting Quinn to be gone or wanting him to be gone, probably. Um, but it's definitely like just—it's a recency bias. Oh, totally. Clue pl-
0: play by blank. Like, yeah, if, if you if, had, if you had started six and two. Yeah. And gone one and seven, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah, you finish
1: one and seven, you're done. But. Um, you know, it was the big win against the Saints and then the 49ers that probably saved his deal. job. But, I mean, once again, those were two games where we were – they started playing well once we're out of it.
0: Um, I don't get that. Yeah. Clearly, they, they did make adjustments. Things did get better, which you have to you know, take into consideration. But it's like Dan Quinn should know how to – operate with his team at this point and i get the whole consistency thing and the best you know teams have a consistent coaching staff year in and year out our consistent head coach at least year in and year out but i mean you look at those teams they've achieved immense success you look at you know steelers mike tomlins won two super bowls belichick's won six super bowls um the cowboys and jason garrett suck ass but you know we won't talk about them but i'm just saying I don't I don't like that whole consistency thing when you look at this team is consistently inconsistent, and the only way to get rid of that is to clean house of your shitty general manager and your shitty coach.
1: So here, here's where you got to – here's Arthur Blank's thinking
0: that he had. Is it that he just doesn't want to put in the time and effort to find a new head coach that could really put this team over the top because it's a pain in the ass? Well,
1: I don't think that's it. and But I also don't think there are any head coaching candidates out there that we were like – anyone was super stoked about.
0: Sometimes the That'd best be a head, big adjustment. Yeah, but sometimes the best head coaches sort of come out of nowhere. You just don't know,
1: right? But you don't. You don't. You don't want to. I mean, I, I guess his thinking. You got a 36 year old quarterback. Thirty what? Julio's probably what? 31, 32? Something like that. Yeah. Um, you got a couple years of these guys. That's small window. Thirty six is he? He's thirty six. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> hold on I'm, I'm gonna fact check you he's 34 give give the man some uh oh, the man some still not a spring chicken by any stretch of imagination 35 by the next season yes he will be 35 by the time the next season starts He's
1: 35 uh, um so you, you don't want to just go with some random coach that you don't know is going to have success and then three years from later from now you find out he sucks so he's kind of looking at the I know that he was mentioning Sean Payton and how Sean Payton had, like, three
0: straight 7-9 or seasons before their Super Bowl. But he had a shitty defense, and he had statistically the best off, like, one of the top five offenses of the league year in and year out. So, I mean, you can still blame him for 7-9. I'm just saying, like, this team isn't, like, beating the door down statistically in any regard. No. So, I think that's a weak sauce a fucking comparison. And Sean Payton won a Super Bowl, which is well, also complete, something that should be considered. But after
1: his three straight 7-9 seasons.
0: No, he had the three straight 7-9 seasons after he won the Super Bowl. That was a long time ago they won a the Super Bowl, wasn't it? It's 2011. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Um,
1: but, I mean, this just the whole idea of not just not completely restarting. But someone has to go, Graham. Like, Yeah. Even if Dan Quinn's not the number one on the
0: chopping block... Well, I think we got rid of the defensive line coach and some other, which is warranted, I guess, after how terrible they were. But, I mean, I don't know how Thomas can keep avoiding being fired after misfire, after misfire, after misfire in the draft and free agency, blowing, you know, so much cap space is tied up. And he went on record saying, you know, we're not in cap hell or whatever anyone wants to say or anyone wants to call it. But you're going to have to release a significant amount of players in order to free up money to sign your incoming draft class and and much more and then pursue folks in free agency at a cheaper rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot of tough decisions in terms of just cutting bait on guys like Freeman, who I think we should have traded. But you've got to cut bait on him. You've got to cut bait on Devondre Campbell. You're going to start, you know, especially with Campbell, he really picked up his game the second half of the season. I don't foresee us re-signing him. We're probably going to blow a bunch of money on re-signing Austin Hooper when, as much as I love Hoop, for the better, betterment of the team, we shouldn't. We should not do uh-huh. it. I mean, it
1: really, just looking at this past season, because Quinn's got the argument that the players clearly endorse him. They did play hard for him at the end, and they
0: found their identity by week fifteen, as, as Dan Quinn went on record saying, which <laughs> is just that alone should make you be fired. I mean, good God!
1: Yeah, I mean. To give Dan credit, I mean, him making those adjustments, swallowing his pride, saying he can't do the defensive coordinator thing. I mean, that's something you want to see out of a head coach, at least, that they don't, they're willing to make adjustments and aren't just stubborn. Yeah. Um, But Dimitrov, just this season alone, that money into Jamon Brown and Carpenter. Were, uh, these guys were healthy scratches
0: a lot of times this year. Yeah, and we just blew so much money on them for multiple years. Multiple years. Yeah, so it, it's it's those... They take up a big chunk of that $38 million I was talking about.
1: Uh, picking up Vic Beasley's fifth-year option this year, not trading... I mean, the Lions were willing to take, reportedly willing to take on a significant amount of Devontae's contract, and... I don't know how you don't make that move, and what he
0: fucking didn't, reality... He didn't
1: make that, and now we're... Probably going to have to cut him and eat that money. Um,
0: yeah, you could have gotten back a draft pick that you spent on McGarry. You know, We're not going to have whatever. I don't remember what pick we, we used to trade up for him.
1: But he also fleeced the Patriots
0: in the Mohamed Sanu tree. He did. Mohamed <laughs> Sanu was the ultimate double agent. It's like he, he goes to the – we trade him to the Patriots. We get a second-round pick somehow, which even before Sanu's disappointing tenure with the Patriots, it was like, that's overpaying. For yeah. sure, you know, even though we love Sanu, it's like he's not worth to me a second round pick at all. And then he has a pretty decent game against the Ravens, even though they got their butts kicked. But it's like after that, you look at his stat line. There's a bunch of games where it's like two catches for six yards, three catches for nine yards, a lot of single digit numbers there. I mean, it was just like uh, it, it, uh, he has to be working for us to destroy the Patriots from the inside. Because of him, Belichick and Brady might leave the Patriots. You never know.
1: Well, and then <laughs> the, the first round. Uh I mean, for them to lose in the wild card, I mean, that just makes that draft pick even more valuable. So yes. now, now we have three picks in the top 53, I think. Right. Uh, which the is other nice. thing on Sanu mm-hmm. and him sucking uh, with the Patriots, that's a uh, a guy like you, Matt Ryan lover. That's a, uh, a check off in the Matt Ryan box. Yeah. Sanu he, is- he sucked. I mean, he was very mediocre with the Bengals. Yeah. Guy who showed some talent but never did anything big. Comes to the Falcons, stock
0: rises big. Goes to the great Tom Patey, Brady. Doesn't do shit. Right. And you can make the argument Brady's getting older and whatever. But the, it, Sanu is a uh, pale imitation of himself in, in New England for whatever reason. In all seriousness, but let's look at some of the guys, at him that the Falcons could cut. If you cut Keanu Neal, who has been injury plagued, but would severely des- you know decimate the secondary, um, that would save close to six and a half million. Desmond Trufant. All right. How about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you who these guys are that are candidates to be cut, and I'm gonna, you're gonna tell me whether or not we should cut them.
1: How much money do I have to save?
0: I'll, I will tell you, and then you can make your decision. Okay. Desmond Trufant, or excuse me, Keanu Neal would save you six point four six million dollars if you cut them right now. Okay. I need all the all the numbers. Okay. To Desmond Trufant would save you four point nine five million. Okay. Alan Bailey who played decent on, against the run on the edge, would save you $4.5 million. Ty Sambrello, who we some, for some reason re-signed in the offseason, and the only good thing he did all year was catch that 30-yard touchdown pass from Matt Ryan in a meaningless game against Tampa Bay, <laughs> which was fun, but it was like, God damn you, Sambrello, uh, would save you $3.75 million. Devontae Freeman, if you cut him, would save $3.5 million. Ricardo Allen, who I love very much, would save you $3.125 million. Luke Stocker, who I never really saw even take the field this year. If he was on the field, I, I didn't notice him. Would save you two point six million. Matt Schaub, old Mr. for four hundred yard passing against the Seattle Seahawks. Therefore, you should be the starting quarterback. Would save two million dollars against the cap. What are you looking at here? This is. Uh, you sure these are these are real numbers? Don't
1: some of these guys have like guaranteed contracts from beyond this year?
0: They do, but you cut them now. You save. Uh, you no, still save money. Eating
1: the rest of the money.
0: Right, and so then Tack McKinley, if you cut him, would save $1.2 million against the cap. Alex Mack, which is almost unfathomable to think of, but we'll just bring it up just for the sake of it, would save you $8 million against the cap. Eight? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Keanu Neal, given his injury history, s- would save you the second most uh, amount of money in that whole list of guys.
1: Ooh, that's tough, Graham. I'm, uh, how much money do I need
0: to, to save here for draft picks? Well, I don't know where the cap situation is, but it's, it's pretty tight. And right now, you with the cap where it is, it would be damn near impossible. If you don't do anything, it would be, be damn near impossible to sign your incoming draft picks. Right.
1: Well, I'm more inclined to say goodbye to
0: um, Okay. than Neal. I would agree with that. I think, especially with the way Sheffield and Oliver played in the second half of the season, they were pretty outstanding. Yep. against solid um, personnel for the most part. I mean, they, they did, they did a, a really good job. So I, I would agree with that. Uh, you know I'm all about getting rid of Devonte. Yep. So, so far you've saved, um, I don't know, like yeah, eight, 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 eight-ish, eight-ish, nine-ish half. million dollars. Yeah, and yeah. And
1: half. Um, yeah, Luke Stocker, he's definitely gone. Yep. Shelby's
0: gone. So that's 12-ish, 13-ish. I feel like we need Sambrello for depth, Graham. He's he's a walking corpse of, a, of a an NFL player. We always player. have to
1: have him playing. We don't. He, think about it. he He was better than Javon Brown or Carpenter. The only reason he was better is because he actually played. Well,
0: I'm sure there's a reason he's playing over them. Well, that's a good point. I mean, this, this guy's... <laughs> I can't even keep Carpenter and Brown apart. I, I just knew that they, they, they both underperformed and one of them was injured every once in a while. But, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you want to keep you want to keep Simbrelo. Well, I'm would you sure. ever like three years ago? Would you have imagined if I said you can cut Ty Simbrello or you can cut Devonte Freeman and you would make the decision to cut <laughs> Devontae Freeman? Would you ever think that would be an actual <laughs> that's a good point?
1: Okay, I mean, okay Ty Simbrello has gone. We could get like a sixth round uh, tackle to replace him. There probably. you go. Okay,
0: that's what I'm cutting. So you're cutting Simbrello, Devonte, Trufant, Stalker, Shop. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a pretty. I mean, I I wouldn't disagree with that. Bailey kind of holds some consideration just because it would save four and a half million. But I feel like we need all the line depth we can get. I agree, especially the fact that you're hopefully not going to re sign Vic Beasley, even though he did pick it up in the second half of the season. He was like an embodiment of the Falcons' second half. He started to play a lot better. He finished with eight sacks, which is very respectable. But where were you in the first half?
1: You were nothing. Right. Yeah, that that stat line is so misleading for anyone who's watched the Falcons. Like, yeah, he, he's going to be one of those guys. Who was that guy we got from the
0: Vikings like ten years ago? Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name at the top of my head. Like he
1: comes out, he had like nine sacks the year before, and it was like, oh, this is the guy who's going to be on the other side of, of John Abraham. John Abraham. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I bet it was just like a Vic
0: Beasley situation. It was like he get he gets some sacks, but it's just like. Ray Edwards. Ray Edwards. God, he sucked for us. Man, I was so hyped when we got him.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably because he saw the stat line.
0: Yeah. I didn't really know who he was until we got him. So that, and uh, that... he went on to have a, a decent professional boxing career, at him. 12 wins, one loss, and one there draw. Um, after he uh, decided to hang up the cleats, which was shortly after being released from the Falcons. Um, at the Minnesota Casino. Uh, not the Minnesota Casino, a Minnesota Casino. Uh, had a professional bout against uh, Keenan Goodberger Hickman, and the rest is history. Right, right. I did not know that, group. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that little tidbit.
1: Oh, Absolutely. Um, but the point is, I don't know if Vic's got a boxing career in the future <laughs> or not, but um, I feel like he's going to be that guy to a team where – I don't know. Like the Jaguars are going to sign him, and they're going to give him ten million dollars. Be all stoked to have a guy who had eight sacks coming in, the big
0: edge rusher. And uh, we're, going be, we're going to be like,
1: we know we know something else, something you guys don't know.
0: Yeah. So for the Falcons, oh, that'd be a great place for him. Yeah, for the South, for, for the Falcons in uh, twenty-five games, he had three and a half sacks, and all of those sacks came in two thousand eleven.
1: Oh, we're on Ray Edwards again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying how shitty he was. Yeah. Well, Vic's a better player than him. I would I would think so. Yeah. But I don't know. Who cares? Vic needs to go regardless. Like if you if you re-sign Vic Beasley, then you have truly gone insane. How how much well no. Not you, but no, Thomas. Uh, you're gonna have to give him a big deal. Well, I'm saying how much money would you bring Vic Beasley back for? You couldn't you'd have to you, you could have put a gun to my head to bring Vic Beasley back. You might as well just pull the fucking trigger because I'm not doing it. $4 million, you're not bringing back Vic Beasley? No. I'm finding a replacement. I know who he is. I've watched him play. $4 million? No. I can use that $4 million, split up between two guys who will equal his production. Maybe. Maybe okay. not. That would be my stance on it. $2 million. It. Give me $1 million and I'll do it. One point five. Three. 1.3 is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. That's as high as we want to go. Uh-huh. One-year deal for $1. $1.3 million. I'd, I'd do that all day. He's probably <laughs> he's probably going to get about 10 somewhere. <laughs> he might get more than that. I mean, he was paid $12 million this year. Uh-huh. That's just crazy. Um, But, yeah, I, I am not optimistic at all about this 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 outlook for the Falcons. I, you know, Raheem Morris was moved to defensive coordinator Jeff Albrich, that's a good move. Yeah, yeah for what you're doing yeah for where you are right now, yeah, that's a good move. Jeff Albrich, who called first and second down on defense uh, as a defensive coordinator after Dan Quinn relieved himself of his defensive play calling duties, is now the assistant head coach. I think those promotions are well earned, and I think those guys more than anyone are the reason that Dan Quinn has been brought back. I mean without making those moves and those guys performing as well as they did in those roles that they had, we're not having this conversation right now.
1: I was listening to uh, the Falcoholic today, Mm. and they were having – I mean, they were just as upset as you are. Um, But they were talking about how a lot of people compare – like to compare Dan Quinn to Mike Smith and how a couple years of mediocrity for Mike Smith wasn't acceptable, where we're kind of saying that it is for Dan Quinn. But the big difference between Dan Quinn and Mike Smith is success in the playoffs. True.
0: He has won more in the playoffs. Smitty had one win. In the one course. win, and LeRoy well, was five or six years. Yeah, Dan so. Quinn has three. Should have had. a... If Dan Quinn had won the Super Bowl, I'd be willing to give him a much longer leash. But at this point, I can't do it. Um, but I'm not the owner.
1: But I, I just hope we're not sitting here next year having this exact same discussion. I think we will be. Because I, I really thought like it's a playoff or bust this year. Yeah. Dan Quinn. Yeah. And that's once, what should. Once been. you fire your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, make yourself defensive coordinator, fire your special teams coach.
0: That's it's on you now, right? And and yeah. you and you failed as 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 hard as anyone can fail when you inserted yourself into the defensive coordinator role. No one knew what the hell they were doing, yeah. and then you bring in all these other guys. You bring in Ulrich, and you decide to move Raheem Morris, who was a wide receivers coach, back to defense, which is a strong suit, and then everything takes off. That makes you look even worse. So why are we bringing you back? It's just, it's just incredible to me. Well, it makes him look smart for I'm realizing saying. he's an idiot. But, it's but that's the thing. It's like how much did that have to do with him once we actually had success other than putting those guys in those positions? Did he really do anything at that point to cultivate success in the second half of the season? We can't answer that, but I have to ask the question, even if it's, I guess, fucking rhetorical at this point because we don't have the inside uh, view into Flowery Branch.
1: Well, you know what they say, Graham. A good manager just puts, uh, knows who to put in the right place
0: and get out of their way. I wish he would have known that uh, in August. <laughs> God damn it. Yep. I could say this. I will say this. Dan Quinn, at the very least, was willing to acknowledge that he screwed up. He made moves. The Falcons were a lot better once he made the moves. So I can't take that away from him. What has Thomas Dimitrov done to retain his position? The, the Sanu track, that's it. I mean, he's lasted how many regimes now? He's been, he's, he was brought in with Mike Smith. So this is his second regime, technically. But he makes the same mistakes over and over again. We talked about the mistakes for the Paul Soliae and Tyson Jackson in the, in the 2014 season. We talked about the Jamon Brown and Carpenter now in the offensive line. It's like, we've talked about that to death, but it's just like, he doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes. And that's not to say he hasn't made decent picks but it's um over the years but you gotta look at the trenches and he just cannot evaluate talent very well there at all
1: i mean maybe arthur was just i mean looking at what he did this last year in the first round though with those guys in the trenches
0: and it's hard to totally evaluate that because those guys haven't had full seasons but they they were able to hold up a little bit more but at the same time i mean matt ryan was sacked six times or something like that in that tampa bay game he was getting accosted yeah and it's like I don't know and I don't think Matt Ryan's gonna be one of those guys that can play and you know until he's forty like Breeze and, and Brady because he's had horrific offensive line protection throughout his entire career outside of a couple of guys. You know, the early on early the early years when we had Michael Turner and we had those nasty bastards like Harvey Dahl and, and mm-hmm. company running point. It was like that was a decent offensive line, but it feels like ever since we lost Todd McClure Right, Super Bowl um, year, we had a good line. Super Bowl year, we did have a good line. But it just feels like that's very much an anomaly. It's never like we ever have a really co- – and building a line is not e- an easy thing to do. But I'm just saying it just seems like more t- often than not, we always are talking about Matt Ryan taking a pounding each year. And he was sacked 50 times this year, which is the most he's ever been sacked in a season. It's his age 34 season, his 12th season in the NFL. I mean, he can't take this anymore. For the love of God.
1: But, at least he's a – at least they got something to like build off of this year. We're not starting from scratch on the line like we were last year. That's true. And you got yeah. Mac possibly in his last year Yeah, retirement. You hope
0: he can hold up.
1: Yeah. Um, the two rookies, Jake Matthews. So you just need to find another another tackle. No, another
0: guard. Another guard since you're two guards you spent so much money on collected like eight years and I don't even want to know how much money it was. Sucked. It was a lot of money. Yeah. And let's talk about the last thing I want to talk about the Falcons. The retention of Dirt Cutter. I don't get that either. I guess it's, again, continuity. But it's not like the Falcons really did that well offensively this year. They weren't trash, but they weren't. I mean, we were trash right the ball.
1: Where were we ranked offensively? I <clears throat> felt like our offense was decent. I think the rushing offense being as piss poor as it was
0: is because we were behind in so many games. Well, it's also retaining a running back who shouldn't be in the game. Um, so we had the number three ranked passing offense, averaged 294.6 yards per game through the air. I think a lot of that's inflated because, as you mentioned, well, like, we were down a lot, scoring, and we didn't have a good running game. Scoring yeah. offense. Like scoring, where do we rank? We ranked 13, 13th overall, 23.8 points a game. Average, which it shouldn't be considering you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on the same team. Yeah. We finished thirtieth running the football with eighty-five, a little over eighty-five yards per game. Look, I mean, that, that's a t- that's a that's a mediocre offense.
1: Cutters back though because you don't like you are not going to start Matt Ryan on another offensive coordinator with the same head coach. I mean that'd be his fourth coordinator under the same head coach.
0: It just speaks to a larger issue of of um, outside you know. That's another thing. It's just like Quinn over the years. Just like Shanahan had that first really bad year, and then he was, you know, the hottest thing since sliced bread, and we had an all-time all historic season. And then I think where we really messed up, where we could have actually redeemed ourselves for that Super Bowl loss, was bringing in um, Sark. Sark struggled. I mean, we, it was better that second year, but once again, it was like, why are you going to bring in a into a, a, a bring a guy into a team that's in wind-down mode? Who was you know, one choke job away from winning a Super Bowl, bringing in a guy who's never called a down in the NFL. It's just a baffling, horrific decision.
1: Yeah, that would have been a better spot for a Cutter type.
0: Yeah, if Cutter comes in that year, it might not have been anything spectacular, but you would have had a better running game. You would have had a healthier Freeman. You'd have had Tevin Coleman at your disposal. I just keep looking at all the ways Dan Quinn screwed up, and it just, those deficiencies tower over any successes he's ever had. Cumulatively over the years.
1: Let me ask you this, Graham. We got Dirt Cutter. Yeah. We got Dan Quinn. Mm. And we got Thomas Dimitrov. Yes. You're in Arthur Blank's office. Who am I? You're you. Okay. (laughs) But Arthur's a big user to the Atlanta Zone podcast. I
0: can't imagine how he could be after we just shit on his team every week, (laughs) but go on. And he's like, you know what? This guy gets it. This Graham Waldrick oh, guy. Okay. yeah.
1: He knows how to run a football organization. I want his opinion. I'm going to give him the power to make a decision. He thinks it's so fucking easy sitting on the other side of his mic. Yeah, arm, armchair owner, Yeah, coach, et yeah. cetera. If I could do it, that's you do. It's unacceptable. Oh. <laughs> so he's heard all that crap. Okay. So you, you're sitting down in front of those three guys, Thomas, Dan, Dirk. Mm. You get to fire one, and one only. Dirk.
0: Oh, well, I don't know. i got to take that back. That's tough. <laughs> oh, now know how Arthur feels. But you're putting in, you know, perceived, or, or, or you're putting in your own sort of, you're putting me in a hypothetical where I have to choose. I would have wiped the floor with all of them. But if I only had to pick one, I might pick Thomas for the sake of the the present and the future of the organization, because I don't think you can evaluate offensive or defensive line talent worth a flip. Right. And if you had a better offensive line, maybe Cutter's run game wouldn't be a shit. But Cutter also just, as I mentioned, historically sucks trying to establish the running game um, as a coordinator. But I would rather, if you put a gun to my head, I would I would pick Thomas. Thomas has more lives than. 500 cats put together, and I don't understand how that is. Thomas is my guy.
1: I I agree with you, Graham. Yeah, it's pretty baffling that he's back.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see how this all shakes out. The Falcons have the 16th overall pick in this year's NFL draft, and uh, I'm sure we'll spend it on a receiver because we need help in that area. (sighs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Was that on the podcast that I went on about how baffling it is that we drafted Calvin Ridley?
0: Yes, we talked about that. Okay. I mean, I love Calvin. I think he's played well, but we've seen with just Julio, it's fine. You could plug in Russell Gage. Russell Gage really came on down the stretch. He was not worth a first-round pick considering all the other needs that team we had, had at that point. It was a luxury. Yeah. That's why Thomas – just another reason, another strike against him. The worst thing that I can think that can happen is that this just this this keeps happening every year, and we become the the new Cowboys, where the Cowboys can bring back Jason Garrett, even though it'd be mediocre season after mediocre season. Maybe you get in the playoffs once, but you wouldn't do anything. Um, that's that's my worst fear. Do you
1: think he's more of a Jason Garrett or a Marvin Lewis?
0: I think, oh Dan, yeah, I would say more of a Garrett because I think he's probably better coach than both of them because he's actually had postseason success but I would, I would lean more if i had to make the you know tie him to a guy tie him more to garrett i guess because marvin lewis i mean i don't even know if garrett ever won in the postseason honestly i have no freaking idea
1: but yeah I mean, marvin lewis had like 15 lives
0: yes he survived for a long time yeah went through like three or four different quarterbacks Ugh. well the show will only get more depressing if we talk about the hawks got to do that. I'd rather finish on the Braves. Okay. All right, Adam, let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are 8-29. Worst team in the league.
1: Yeah, I didn't see this coming, Graham.
0: This is mind-boggling. Um, Travis Slank has admitted that he was wrong and in, uh, in the way he constructed the roster. What did he say? He mentioned that you know, he didn't put enough veteran leadership in there. And that has that hurt. And too much is being expected. Trey, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff that we've already, you know, pontificated on, but he actually... The Torian Prince is the, the um He's a big guy. Devin. Devin. Yeah. But I do want to give a um, big shout-out to Trey Young. He's averaging 28.9 points per game, which is fourth best in the league. Averaging 8.4 assists, which is 5th best in the league. And over his last 10 games, I want to read you off a couple of things here. I'm just going to read off the points and the assists. All right, 23 and 8, 30 and 7, 42 and 8, 30 and 8, 47 and 6, 30 and 11, 12 and 2, 28 and 10, 41 and 8, 29 and 12. I mean, this guy's playing out of his mind. He's doing everything he can. Can but I read you some numbers as well? Yes. 38, 10, and 11. Oh, I know who this is. 39,
1: 10, and 12. 31,
0: 7, and 13. 35, 7, and 10. 19, 7, 4. Who's that? Guy? That's Luka Doncic. Yeah! He already has like 10 triple doubles this what year. What the hell? Did we make a mistake, Graham? Well, here's the thing. And I'm kind of getting tired of people make. I mean, the comparison is inevitable because we traded Luca for Trey pretty much and, you know, for an additional lottery pick. But it's not like Trey Young's a scrub. No, he's not. At all. But would you, you know... So it's not like we picked Marvin Williams or Chris Paul over again. No. Thank God. But, you know, coming out, I mean, I think we both said Luca you know, profiles to be a better player because of his, his height. But what if it's like— And not just his height, but just, just in terms of the overall package of basketball. He can shoot the three, he can pass really well, and he can rebound. Trey can't play defense. He can shoot the three. He can't really rebound. And he has amazing court vision. Is he a great player? I would say at this point he's one of the stars of the league. But Luka is in LeBron air right now. And the way he's playing. I, th- I think the
1: comparisons is like, uh, we drafted Joe Johnson, could have drafted Kobe. Something
0: like I wouldn't that. even say that.
1: But like, is in the difference in, so you think Trey, Trey's a higher skill set than a Joe Johnson?
0: Yes, because he can, not only can he Her shoot, star. not only can he shoot, but he has an incredible passing ability, which Joe Johnson, he was called ISO Joe for a reason. Trey does take a lot of shots, but he kind of has to yeah. because of how terrible the team is. And the comparison will keep happening for as long as these guys I keep playing.
1: I, I, I try to just like ignore,
0: yeah, the I mean, Mavericks box scores and it's hard. It's hard I, to though. The Sports Center throws on your face every day that you know. Luka Doncic has a triple double, and it's only January third, and he's got ten on the year or whatever already. Yeah. It's like Jesus Christ.
1: No, and Trey's doing his part. He I, hopefully he'll be an All Star this year he has been invited to be in the three-point competition. These are the things we have to care about now, Graham. It's pathetic. Um, I mean, I, we keep saying I think we'll see some better basketball now that the the big three. Are... No, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> You're throwing that one out the I window. I mean, you look at it since December. Well, no, we've been. No, 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 no listen, listen. look at it. Since December 2nd, we've only won three games. So that tells you everything you need to know.
1: Well, that's improvement. We, we uh... We've
0: been closer in games. Yeah, I mean, great. That's huge for us, Graham. It's just sad, man. This team coming on... I mean, maybe we were mistaken our, our in setting our expectations uh, incorrectly. Oh, but
1: well, like time. Mean, well, like we said, though, like... I guess those veteran pieces meant so much they're, more than we realized. We thought the young guys were ready. It was too early. Yeah. Not to mention the John Collins thing.
0: I mean, since... Since John has come back, he's had like two amazing games against the the Cavaliers and the Bulls. Where he had twenty seven and ten and thirty four and eight, and you know he's still getting his points and his rebound. He's still a double double threat, but it hasn't been like. And it's like we said, right? Um, we shouldn't expect John Collins coming back to be like the end all be all because he's not. You know, it's not like we're getting LeBron or something. I can't, hate. Can't, I hate to keep saying we're getting you know. Comparing everybody to LeBron, but you know, it's not like we're getting a stud to come in here and, and save our souls, you know, from damnation, which is what this season is.
1: Right, and I'll, I'll be honest, Graham. I haven't been watching a ton of the Hawks basketball this year.
0: I haven't had. I haven't watched as many games as I. Uh, I was watching a lot, and then around early to mid December, I started to check out a little bit. Really? I
1: mean, one thirty six, one hundred two, one forty three, one twenty, 120, like one twenty two, one twelve. I can't watch that basketball, Graham. No, it's ugly. Where the hell's the defense For, from a defensive-minded coach?
0: I don't know at this point. I feel like the way the Hawks locker room, at least the way it's talked about, kind of reminds me of a, a, a workplace where everyone's just, just sort of has had it. They're not in a good place from a morale standpoint, and they're, doing, they're still going to work hard. They're still going to do what they need to do. But they're not going to do it at a high enough level because the morale has just been lost, and I think we're going to see this for the rest of the year. I don't see us winning more than 15, 16 games. Yeah, um, no, we'll
1: pull and, a classic Atlanta sports and really pick it up so we, about four teams
0: end up worse than us. But maybe, but I mean, get the sixth or seventh pick, sure. But regardless, this season has been a, a big disappointment for for Tony Wrestler, for Travis Slank, for Lloyd Pierce. Um, it's been a misfire. It's been a misfire. We expected, you know, I don't think it was unrealistic to to, um, well, you know what, it was unrealistic to expect it because we didn't, you know, we took away the components that worked so well for the second half of the year, with with the Basemores and the Devmans helping out the the, the Trey Youngs and the John Collinses, and we, we, you know, Vince Carter can only do so much. He's just one guy. Yeah. Who's on his way out, and um, you know. It's not going to – you can't fill the void of, of three or four other players from a leadership standpoint. And, and once Collins went went out, it was kind of like everything just went to shit. And it's impossible to recover from as bad of a start as as, as we've had, even when he came back. The proof is in the pudding. Since he's come back, we've won like, like two games or something like that. I mean – It is what it is, Graham. Excuse me, one game. We've won one game since he's come back.
1: That's – Wait, since John Collins has come
0: back? Yeah, we've only won one game. That's not true. It is true. I'm looking at it right now. against the magic. We we also beat Indiana. Oh, he didn't play in that game for whatever reason. I can't remember why. Mm -hmm. So, it's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well. It is what it is. It's a lost season. This isn't something to be too depressed about. No, we've got plenty, plenty of things I'm not well impressed
1: about, but a, a rebuilding season going, yeah, as planned isn't one of them. But um, what do you think? The about The Schlank needs to make, do something, though.
0: Well, let's talk about the rumors about Andre Drummond. Because I totally, I'd almost forgotten about that. It came out uh, either last week or earlier, yeah, it was last week, I believe, where it was rumored that the, or it wasn't rumored; it was confirmed that the Hawks and the Pistons were talking about trading, um, or, or excuse me. So it came out last week that the Hawks and the Pistons were engaging in trade negotiations for Andre Drummond to come to the Hawks. I my first reaction was cool because I like Andre Drummond. He's won me some money on DraftKings. He's a monster inside, great rebounder. He can put up twenty and twenty points, twenty boards. Um, he's, he's had an excellent career. He's in his prime. The problem is is that he only has a couple years left on his on his contract, and who knows what we'd have to give up for him.
1: Yeah, yeah it seems pretty dumb to me because uh, he's going to be commanding a huge amount of money. Yeah. And I mean, what, we're ready to win a
0: championship next year or something? Or even compete, even to try and get the sixth or seventh seed. I mean, are you going to be able to do that with this group? I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know, and that's a huge risk you're taking if you have to give up a first-round pick and some of uh, some other pieces for Drummond coming in here. It's like I totally agree with you. There's it just doesn't. It seems very ill-advised to make this move, particularly when one of those years is going to be this year, when the season is lost. Yeah. So you're going to have one year of Drummond to maybe get the eighth seed or seventh seed or something. No, it's you I, an awful idea. I think that's just a
1: silly rumor. I don't see. Nothing that the Schlank has done would lead me to believe that he would make that move. It was
0: confirmed that there are negotiations happening. Well. it doesn't mean that it will, but I'm just saying he is engaging.
1: Unless unless it's all about us taking on the money, that's a different story. Maybe they just don't want to pay out the rest of the contract and we're r- willing to do that.
0: But you can't give up a first-round pick for that.
1: No, you're not. That's the, I mean, you're giving up lesser assets if that's the case. Yeah. Um, what are the Pistons like this year? Mm. They're very good.
0: I don't think they're in the playoff hunt.
1: Um, if it's just like a straight money grab, then sure, whatever. But um,
0: you can't give it that much. I mean, he averages seventeen points per game, and sixteen rebounds. He's first in the league in rebounding, which has been a be huge stretch for a while. It would be cool. I mean, he and Trey would definitely hook up on a ton of alley oops. He would be a formidable presence inside, and we wouldn't have to rely on Bruno Fernando to be starting games, which is not worked out at all, uh, you know, or have John Collins rotate into the five. We could have a legitimate big man who is one of the better players in the league, yeah. or at least one of the better big I haven't in the looked league. at it recently. We
1: might have other like first round picks coming our way from some of these trades, the Torian trade, maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure all the details. I mean, I still wouldn't give up anything though.
1: I wouldn't trade, I, I should, sure as hell wouldn't trade our first round pick this year. Because that should be top three.
0: Anyone, yeah. Any, I think any of our first round picks, we can't give up for. I want that kid from
1: Georgia, Anthony Edwards.
0: Yeah, he's good. But I want to. I wouldn't want to give up any of our, our draft picks for, for Drummond for a year and some change of Drummond, where our ceiling. You know, if, if Drummond, if we had five years of Drummond, do it, fuck it, because that's a guy that can help you win a championship. But we don't have that. No. So you just shouldn't do it. It's a stupid thing to pursue. Simple as that. Agreed. Yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. And other contract world issues, Adam. Josh Donaldson is still unsigned.
1: Wait, let me refresh. Josh Donaldson. I've done this. (laughs) Like 20 times times. a day.
0: Uh, Nothing new, Graham. Still unsigned. So there's been some reports that have come out that initially sounded good where... The Twins were supposedly backing down. It was between like, the Twins and Nationals and the Braves. It seemed to have, how it all sh- has shaken out so far. Twins were supposedly backing down. And I was surprised they were even pursuing Donaldson to begin with because they led the league in home runs last year, but the pitching was deficient. So why would they add another guy who can hit 30 home runs when they have all these, these pitching holes and they're going to spend a buttload of money on them? And then the Nationals signed as Jubal Cabrera and Starlin Castro – to fill in their their empty outfield piece, or excuse me, infield pieces, so it seemed like they were backing down. So it just seemed like they come down to the Braves, and then Donaldson names his price, which I believe, correct me if I am wrong, was four years, one hundred and ten million. Yeah, is what he was asking. It's not known what the offers were, but Mark Bowman, the Braves.com beat reporter, said that the Braves are not today. He, he mentioned that the Braves were not um, their 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 offer to Donaldson was not. Um, so Mark Bowman came out today and said that the Braves' offer to Donaldson was not um, the highest amount that's been offered to him. So it makes you wonder what who, who has offered the most, and um, it's a little it's a little bit of a, an odd situation. This continues to be stretched out as long as it has been.
1: I think it's stretched out because he's just waiting on the Braves. Perhaps, and. They did. They we do know that they've agreed to go to the four years, which we didn't think they would do. Right. So that's a good sign.
0: Right. And you're not going to let him get away over a few million dollars. Right. And but Mark Bowman has said that, um, at least to him, from what he's you know been able to dig up, that the Braves um, haven't even come close to making the the like they're not even the ballpark uh, pun actually intended. Of the other offers, Donaldson has received. That's not good. No, so it's it's odd. And then you got a um, Minneapolis. But if they know that he wants one hundred ten million dollars? What are they at? Like eighty? I don't know, but apparently, according to Darren Wolfson of SKOR North Radio in Minneapolis, uh, who I guess is a, a guy in the know of the Twins, he says the Twins are still in the mix. They made a four-year offer and he believes that their offer is in the $85 million range. Um, that seems so low. Yes, and that the two sides remain in, quote-unquote, near-daily communication. Um, another, Some other reports have mentioned that the Nationals may have made the biggest offer, but it's highly speculative. So who knows what's really I'm going on. I'm not going to get into this dirt, Graham. But... Okay, that's fine if you don't want to get too into it, but...
1: Oh, go ahead. What, what, what else you got to say about that?
0: Well, it's just kind of interesting to me that Donaldson. I mean, get what you can get, right? And you can't fault a guy for trying. But I don't see anyone actually shelling out that much money for him, considering where that puts him at the end of that deal. I mean, this this could turn into an albatross kind of contract if Donaldson falls off. And he's, I mean, his last season was fantastic, I and mean, we can't take anything away from that. Offensively, defensively, he was he was pretty outstanding. Um, but that's just a lot to ask of a guy who's about to be, who is on the wrong side of thirty. Who will be really on the wrong side of thirty by the time that deal is over. But
1: we have to do it.
0: I don't see that. Yeah, unless there's some trade that we can make that can bring in a bat that's comparable.
1: All right, about I think i this way. Would you rather the two options, well, three options? You got Camargo. That's option one. Option two is. Overpay the last two years of Josh Donaldson. Maybe it's just the last year that it's a complete albatross. We'll see. Um, but Liberty Media showing that we have a lot more money to spend than people have thought in the past.
0: Well, for not even close to what he wants, maybe
1: that's not true. I guess we'll see. The payroll's already at 140 million,
0: Graham. Ooh. Yeah, we're really close to that luxury tax. <laughs> You're the worst. Don't blame me. Blame blame uh, Atlanta Sports.
1: What do you? What do you? What am I?
0: Oh, for your pessimism. Yeah. I, I, How can I, you be optimistic about anything, Adam? Anything in your life when you're a fan of teams?
1: I saw somewhere we're, like we're gonna have like the third highest payroll of the major leagues, and you're still not gonna get the fuck work. out of here. That's not true. Yeah. If we sign Donaldson. Any, okay. Anyways, clearly, that's all. You don't have hearsay. to have all the facts to uh, do a podcast. No, um, you don't. <laughs> so you, so you can say whatever the hell we want. Exactly. You got Camargo. You, you paid for Donaldson. You're trying to win now. while well, you can't. This mm-hmm. is when you want to win. Yes. You got Acuna for cheap. You got Ozzy for cheap. You got Freddie still. You can afford to overpay for Donaldson. Mm. Or you trade two of your top five prospects for like no. a year and a half of Arenado.
0: Yeah, I'd rather do the Donaldson. Yeah, you over,
1: you, you just take the money option.
0: Yeah. It's a no-brainer. I mean, I, I mean yeah. Unless... Like I said, unless there's some trade that we're not even considering that Anthopolis can pull off, that's more reasonable. Um, but I don't know what the hell that is.
1: Are the only, like the Chris Bryant was the other one thrown out there for a trade? Yeah. Donaldson's a better player than Chris
0: Bryant. Yeah.
1: Are the only guy out there that's better than Donaldson.
0: Well, I mean, I, I don't know if Donaldson's a better player. Than, he had a better season than Chris Bryant last year. The problem with, with Bryant is that he's only got like a year left and then he'll, he'll, he'll head free agency. So it's like those two guys, if you want to trade for them, are not going to work. I'm just trying to think of like someone else, but no one really comes to mind of who, of who could. Who just, pay, could t-
1: just pay the money you got to.
0: I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, like uh, there's been a lot of steam. You know, David O'Brien mentioned today on Twitter that he doesn't think this is going to last for more than another week. Once again, it's all speculation. But
1: Well, the fact that Dave O'Brien has said multiple times that he is pretty confident that the Braves are going to re-sign him. That says a lot coming from him.
0: Oh, we'll see. He's also pretty confident we're going to beat the Cardinals. Well,
1: that's a different thing. Indeed. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, yeah, I, I, I at this point I hope we do. We still have a lot of other issues, I think, beyond this, But um, particularly in the outfield. But that's another discussion for another day. I just think it's interesting. And it's tough to talk about all this bullshit because you just don't know what's real and what's not. I mean, Mark Bowman is usually a reliable source, but – it's not like he knows everything, or is, is in these negotiations. I mean, Alex Anthopoulos plays his cards very close to the chest. I mean, he was talking about before we signed Will Smith and um, Chris Martin, and all those guys, you know, in the bullpen. He was talking about how he was trying to focus on starting pitching. So who the you know? It's just a bunch of trying to trying to spend a lot of time on this, which is kind of negating this uh, segment here. Is kind of ridiculous because you just don't know. All you can do is just put your bullshit out in the world and your opinion, which isn't based on any sort of fact. It's all relativity. Well, all you can do is look at the
1: facts, and the facts are that um, a we know the Braves were willing to go to four years. Yes. Which is a fact trending in the right
0: direction. Mm-hmm. B. The Nationals signed two infielders. Yes. Which is which is good.
1: That is fact.
0: Yeah. And
1: I don't know about the Twins. That that article that. Bowman was talking about was a completely different point everything else I've read today so everything else is saying Twins are out of it why would Donaldson want to go to Minnesota money
0: they offer him the most money if they
1: offer him like 150 million they'd have to like just go way above and beyond anything the Braves are willing to do
0: well if they've offered 85 million the Braves aren't even close to the top offer
1: I don't think that's I
0: mean once again hearsay we don't know but it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out I'm sure by tomorrow, when I'm editing this podcast, we'll have signed Downs into a four year $95 million deal or something. Well, we also thought it was going to be done around Thanksgiving. We thought it was going to be done around Christmas.
1: Then again, Bryce Harper and Machado last year, didn't sign until like
0: seven weeks March. from now. Yeah. Yeah. So go figure.
1: Well, Graham, you just got really sad all of a sudden. I'm not sad. I'm just, you know,
0: this is our life,
1: this is our lives. What's wrong? We're, we're we're vying for a huge free agent.
0: No, that's fine. It's fine. It's just you know I can't I can't expect anything. And what do you do if this doesn't work? You're fucked. You uh, you put sign, Riley and Camargo. Sign Marcelo Zuna. That would be such a waste of money.
1: And make and, a big trade at some point. I, trade some of these prospects. Yeah,
0: I doubt that will ever happen. Anyway. We'll see how it all shakes out, and we hope it works out for the best, and that we can have something to be semi-happy about this brutal, brutal winter of 2020. Graham, the Saints
1: lost in the playoffs.
0: That's true. And the Patriots. Yes. Yes. See, that started the year out on a good note. We should be a little more optimistic. Maybe that's good karma, finally coming to the Atlanta sports fan. We should maybe try to get our hopes up a little bit. Yeah. It's not like they've been crushed in the worst possible ways for a sports fans' hopes hey. to be crushed. In the, the
1: Saints have been crushed in the worst possible like can you imagine being the Saints fans right now? Oh okay. yeah. Losing three straight years on the last play in the playoffs? That is it's not as it's close
0: to as bad as our Super Bowl. It's not. That is brutal. Three straight years? But and there's but like it's a- not like they were in the Super Bowl any of those games. But they were super,
1: like they were like the favorites to go to the Super Bowl in each one of those years, and had a disappointing loss. That's pretty rough, Graham.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not rough. It's just it's it's not twenty eight to three. Nothing is. What if they do it four years in a row? They would have to do that like fifteen years in a row to be comparable oh, to me.
1: No.
0: They'd have to do it in the Super Bowl. They did it in the Super Bowl. And on top of all these four years, then I'll I'll give it to you. Okay. That would be the, that would be the kicker. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> That'd be the kick in the nuts to the point where your your nuts have receded into your ball sack, never to be seen again. They're just they're not. It's like you don't have any testicles anymore.
1: It's a good point, Graham. Yeah.
0: Well, I think <laughs> I think this wraps up today's episode of Atlanta Zone. Uh, thank you again for listening. I hope you guys have had a happy New Year holiday season. It's time to get back to reality. It's time to get back to Atlanta sports. It's time to get back to your lives. Until next time, rise up, stay in brotherhood, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. That's Patterson.
1: That's what Thomas said.